Look around the room. And look how beautiful everybody is. All right? Now do me a favor. Point to yourself. Point to yourself. Point to yourself. Now I want you to take a look around the room and look at what part of our human anatomy the majority of us are pointing to. You're pointing to your heart. How come when I asked you to point to yourself, how come when I asked you to point to yourself, there you go, you didn't, you didn't point to your head, right? How come when I asked you to point to yourself, you didn't point to your big toe, right? Because the essence, this is a profound moment, change your life. The essence of who you really are is at the heart level. Now, does your heart get hurt sometimes? Absolutely. Guarantee it. You can bank on it. You will get hurt. But guess what? What organ, this is profound, what organ in the body develops first, the brain or the heart? The heart. That was the first thing that was created. That's the determining factor as to whether you were alive in your mom's womb. How powerful is that? Come from the heart. What comes from the heart reaches the heart. Assertive communication, assertive leaders, heart level leaders. Delatoro McNeil II has been transforming the lives of people from all walks of life for over 15 years. As an internationally renowned professional speaker and best-selling author, Delatoro has spoken in 48 of 50 U.S. states and has delivered well over 3,000 presentations to major corporations, colleges, universities, professional associations, conventions, churches, and leadership conferences. In 2011, Delatoro became a certified speaking professional. This is the highest international recognition of professional speaking excellence. Delatoro has been featured on national and worldwide television networks like Fox News, NBC, BET, TBN, Daystar, Oxygen, and the World Network, as well as syndicated radio shows all across America. He is celebrated author of Caught Between a Dream and a Job, How to Leave the 9 to 5 Behind, and a step in the life you've always wanted. Delatoro is an honor graduate of Florida State University where he earned both his bachelor's and master's degrees with honors. He's a featured motivational expert in the 2009 entrepreneurial film, The Yes Movie, and he is also the winner of the 2008 Who's Who of Business in Tampa Bay bestowed by the Power Broker magazine. As a peak performance expert, Delatoro travels the globe, empowering diverse audiences with his hard-hitting, experiential, high-energy, content-rich, and paradigm-shifting keynote seminars and extreme team-building programs. I've been lucky enough to witness Delatoro in action twice now, and recently had the opportunity to chat with him for a bit. I got a glimpse into where he came from, what he's doing now, and what respecting the process means to Delatoro McNeil II. Because this is all about the process, right? This is the process. He never, yeah, he never has a plan. I know. I well, hey, you know, sometimes I have a plan. Okay. Sometimes I have a plan. I, the idea behind the process, and they've heard this so often, but the concept of excelling in the moment. Okay. Doing all that you can in that very moment. Okay. To better the next moment. Okay. And just living that throughout, you know, day to day. You know, month to month, it all just kind of translates. Sure, of course. 
uh, where did your process begin? How did you... Are you already recording? Yeah. Okay, cool, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> How did you get into public speaking? Uh, great question, Adam. Um, and, and kudos to you for this incredible program that you've created because I really think that it's a wonderful platform to uh, express thought leadership. And uh, so I, I celebrate you for the work that you're doing, man. I think this is fantastic. Uh, my journey in, in public speaking really began, you know, kind of as a child. I was raised in a Christian home. Um, my mom was a Sunday school teacher, as well as she uh, led a lot of organizations in church. And she was an educator. She taught uh, English. So my mom really required my brother and I to be clear communicators. That was just a mandate. If you were going to be her son, <laughs> you had to be able to pronounce, you had to be able to enunciate, you had to be able to articulate, you had to be able to, when I was when I was in the fifth and sixth grade, my mom would be in the back of the church and I'd be doing the Easter parts and the Christmas parts and she'd be like, I can't hear you, you know, so she was coaching me from a very young age to be able to express myself and communicate, so that was pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how it began, that my process started with that. And then like somehow it's come to this point where you're, you're, you're talking about leadership and, and, and you're, you're leading people towards, towards goals. Right. So how does that like? How have you gone about doing that properly? So when I when I so I grew up, you know, young and, and, and dealt with a lot of things in my childhood, and, and and but of course my mom was there to kind of guide me uh, through some academic challenges and things of that nature that I had. But one of the things that she always expressed to me was the importance of getting a good education. So she didn't play when I was having ch having challenges in the sixth and seventh grade. She didn't take that. And so she partnered with my teachers and she said, hey, you know, um, I want to make sure that this young man is really performing in school. And so she played a really vital role in making sure that I got my grades together. She's like, if you can memorize rap songs, you can memorize the presidents of the United States. She was like, if you can, mem if you can memorize uh, this, this uh, song or this lyric or whatever, you can memorize the alphabets forward and backwards. Mm -hmm. So she, she, she made me do a lot of things academically to match what I was doing socially, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that was the springboard for me. So when I was 14, I got my first job. I was bagging groceries at a local grocery store. Yeah. And uh, I did that. Uh, and then on nights and weekends, I was starting to pursue my dream of one day being some speaker. I would look at these motivational speakers on television, Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and Stephen Covey, these best-selling authors. I'm like, man, these people are making a living being positive, helping people. How cool is that? Yeah. So I said, man, I should maybe focus on that. But I, I thought I was going to have a 15 or 20-year career in corporate America before I did that. So I excelled in high school, went to college, killed college, did a great job in college, worked hard in college. Um, and came out and started working in corporate America, but to my dismay, at 21 years old, I had a master's degree, I had a 4.0, and my $50,000 job went from 50 grand to nothing in a day yeah. because the company I was working for split. Okay. So part of the process that I try to help people understand is that adversity and challenge and devastation and disappointment are mixed into the recipe for advert uh, for success because people always think that success happens without failure without hardship without struggle without devastation yeah. and it doesn't i remember one time i was watching my dad make baked beans at the house yeah. sweet baked beans you know the baked beans with the barbecue and all that stuff and i was like and so i was watching my dad make baked beans at him and i'm like yeah. blown away because as he's putting he puts the sugar in he puts the onions in okay. the baked beans and then he adds mustard and I'm like, mustard? Are you kidding me? Why? Why would you put mustard in baked beans? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it made them taste even better. And when I tasted the final product, yeah. you never tasted the mustard. All you got was the flavor. And what I learned in that moment was that 
sometimes the toughest times in our life are a part of the process, but the final product will be so beautiful that you couldn't have had that product without that adversity. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's what I love. And, and okay, you, you've made it to becoming you're, you're an acclaimed you know leader. You know, definitely, yeah. uh, you've done different speakers. You're a TV personality. Yeah. How do you connect? How do you make sure that you connect with every person? Because there's not every in every situation. There's always going to be a few people that maybe aren't going to be as open minded. Sure. And as you know, able to relate to. Yeah. So how do you get there? It's a great question. For me, what I do is I. I teach principles. Right. I'm a big fan of principles because principles impact everybody. Yeah. See, if I, if, I, if I was to teach my personal philosophy or theology, then that's, that's, that, that ebbs and flows based upon who's listening. Yeah. But if I teach a principle mm-hmm. that's like gravity, <laughs> it applies to everybody. Does that, does that make sense? So, so I believe in leadership principles. I believe in personal success principles. Yeah. I believe in um, financial principles. I believe in college success principles. And when you teach people principles, it applies to everybody and you never have to worry about this person getting it or that person not getting it. Pretty much everyone gets it. And my goal and objective in front of any audience is to do the best that I can to impact the life of as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. Some speakers say, well, if I just touch one life, I'm happy. Well, I'm not. I want to touch as many people as humanly possible, and I don't want to touch them with 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 a toothpick. I want to hit them with a sledgehammer. Right. I want to be I want to be that intentional about the message that they get it, yeah. and they always remember the day that they encountered Delatoro. Exactly, and and that's how you go about your presentations. Yes, you know, you're incredibly inclusive. Yeah, and very conversational. Right, and so I think a lot of people. The first time I saw you, I expected to be able to fall asleep in my chair. Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> You don't let that happen. Yeah, no, so, no. And, and you teach really nifty things. Like, I mean, we just did this, like, 10 strategies to, to you know. You're hired, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you know this works? That's a great question. How do you know something works before? Well, and, and to me, the answer to that is trial and error. Yeah. And really having your finger on the pulse of your audience, who, who it is that you're trying to speak to, who you're trying to impact. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I tell my clients all the time, I say, be careful of a lot of fly-by-night speakers out there yeah. who, who have good graphic design that makes it look like they know how to speak to students, yeah. but they really don't have the passion. Exactly. To, to me, what, 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 what I bring to every presentation is a little bit of, of, of agitation or pissed-offness or what I like to call inspirational dissatisfaction. A little chip. A little chip Maybe. on my shoulder yeah, yeah. about the the fact that uh, the way our culture and our society traps us as college students financially. When I see tuition, every time I see something in the news and it says tuition's going up for students, yeah. it gets me mad. Every time I see another student ha- who t- has to tell their story about how they had to move back in with mom and dad because yeah. they couldn't find a job, it gets me a little bit irritated. Yeah. So it makes me kind of go into every audience with that level of intensity about, hey, wake the hell up. The truth is the majority of stuff that they're telling you doesn't work. It's a lie. Here's the truth. How do I know? Because not only did I do it, but I've helped millions of people around the world do it as well. Yeah. So what I've learned is that a lot of times the formal education that we get does not is not what makes us truly uh, wealthy and successful. Mm-hmm. It's the informal education that we get. Yeah. Yeah. Is it too? You're talking about school, and the first thing you say is like, "What do we love to do?" You know, mm. a lot of people go to school thinking, "I love this." Right. So if you were gonna just, if you were gonna any kind of like respecting the process, you were gonna apply that to anything. Mm-hmm. How would you make the most sense of those three words? Respecting the process to me means understanding that anything that you want to improve in your life is gonna be a process. So the first thing is respect the fact that it's a process. See, if we don't respect the fact that it's a process, we will abuse the process. 
Because anything that you don't respect, you'll abuse it. Yeah. Okay? When the purpose of something is unknown, abuse is inevitable. So if we don't respect the fact that it's going to take time, it's not going to happen. It's, it's interesting. We're having this conversation in February. You know, we just came out of January, which I'm glad we're out of January because everybody's kind of in the whole New Year's resolution thing in January. It drives me bananas because I'm a peak performance guy. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a results guy. People hire me to get results. Yeah. So January is kind of like a fluff month because people are like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then it takes the whole month to get people off that and get into what their real habit is. Exactly. And until a person realizes that if you don't do something consistently for 30 days straight, yeah. no matter how much hype you have around it, you'll never achieve it because you'll go back to your old way of thinking because your subconscious mind runs 95% of your life every day regardless of whether you want it to or not until people understand those foundational going back to principles which means respecting the process and understanding that change is a process change does not happen overnight you can't be the same person for 20 years decide to make a change and expect to do that for two weeks and then it lasts you got 20 years of, of, of leverage against you and against that habit to shift you into something different. Does that make sense? Yeah, so to me, respecting the process means I have to go into this thing honoring and recognizing the fact that I'm not gonna change overnight. Yeah. But every day I can make small steps that's gonna get me better. Yeah. And understanding that, guess what? It's a process, it's a metamorphosis. It's not gonna happen today, it's not gonna happen tomorrow. But by the end of a month, by the end of three months, I'm gonna be a completely different individual. And if I'm willing to take baby steps towards my dream, there's nothing I can't accomplish. To me, that's what respecting the process is all about.